Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of the Birding Life Youth Podcast, the podcast aimed at the youth by the youth. I am Gabby Sykora and today I am joined by Luca Tomlinson and we will be continuing our discussion regarding Antares Bush Camp and Umgedi Hyde. So in part two, we are also joined by Kerry and Savannah Otram, who are not only fellow young wildlife photography members, but are also the children of Antares owners, Ian and Mal Otram. So welcome guys, it's a great pleasure to be chatting to you both. Hi, thanks. Thank you, yeah. Okay, so let's get straight into it. Um, So first of all, unfortunately, technology did not play along with us at the weekend and we were unable to go live at the hide. But we did share many incredible sightings in the hide together. So one sighting, though, that stood out above the rest. So who of you would like to describe the sighting that led to Let's just say getting splashed. Okay, so basically we were sitting down there, I think it was in the afternoon, midday, coming on, no, sorry, it was actually coming on dusk. Um, and we had this one lonely bull that decided to come down um, and he started drinking on the other side of the waterhole. And he slowly made his way across to basically the right-hand corner of the hide. And so he, he started drinking there. But before he started drinking, he decided to have a little bit of a mess around with us. And he decided to take a trunk full of water and squirt it parallel to the hide, which resulted in Gabby getting uh, the worst of it, but most of us getting a little bit wet uh, and grabbing our cameras and quickly moving them out the way. But yeah, it was actually a really, really nice sighting. Yeah, no, I must say that was that was like really incredible and getting splashed and that's, you know, and you really get a new perspective, like watching that old bull just stand there. But like, have you guys had a similar sighting, like getting splashed or have elephants actually walked, you know, like right on that little strip in front of the shutters or something? Yeah, they have been. We've got, uh, I think there's on the um, camera trap. So before we had the live camera there on the camera trap, I think we had um photos of the elephants walking across here we've also seen the footprints of them walking in the front there um but yeah we we have had a few sightings before my mum's had quite a few of them actually splashed so more than us um that was i think my third or fourth time being splashed by them but yeah it gets you every single time it's an absolutely amazing uh, sensation when it, it just out of nowhere it will just splash you um and you're just grabbing your camera kit and just throwing it all down, trying to get it out the way in time. Um, but yeah, it's it's quite quite close. If I can say that. Yeah, no, it's definitely an incredible experience. But um, I just want to get a bit of background, you know, for our listeners about you guys. And one of the things, because I know you, um, besides obviously Ontario's, you guys have the your home in the Hoodsbury Wildlife Estate, and it's always, you know, been a dream of mine to live in the bush. Being from Joburg, you know, like always want to get out and just live in the bush all the time. But obviously you guys, it's, you have like a slightly different perspective, obviously growing up there. So yeah, like how long have you, have you guys lived in the bush and what is it like? Cause I know you also attend Southern Cross School, which is, you know, in that bush environment. So like, what has it been like for you guys living and growing up in the bush? It's been really cool in my mind. I lived in Hiki for nine years before we moved to Hoodsbury. It was really cool being able to grow up around the bush and you learn all sorts of different things that you wouldn't learn in city life. But yeah, I've just, I really will. Yeah, 
growing up in the bush, it, it's unique, um, to say the least. You, you hear all these stories of going out and partying and this and that, but when you're in the bush, you've got the stories of, why were you late? Oh, no, the elephants were in the road on the way to school. That's why we're half an hour late. Or we were, no, the, the lions pulled down a buffalo in front of us on the way to school. That's why we're an hour late. Like It's a completely different way of living and something I'm really privileged to have grown up around. Um, and obviously attending Southern Cross, um, it's a really bush-orientated school. Um, and a lot of the children there either come from game rangers or wardens or lodge owners and you you get a lot of class and conflict in character, but it's really nice to actually hang around those people and you, you make some lifelong industry relationships. But yeah, it's, it's absolutely amazing to have grown up in the bush. I, I don't think I could have asked for anything better. Well, I can say it likely that it is a true dream to live in the bush and especially attend school in the bush. That sounds incredible. Well, at least you have an excuse for being late. <laughs> I mean, my only excuse is being stuck in traffic. So, I mean, bringing down lines, bringing down a buffalo right in front of you. I mean, that's that's perfect. <laughs> so moving on a bit, you're both still at school, like we were chatting about previously. And I'm guessing you're both really busy. I mean, while we were at Ontario's U, Savannah particularly was studying for exams. Um, but how difficult is it to balance the need to want to be here on the reserve and the reality of having to be at school, as well as also focusing on your education? Yeah, it's pretty difficult, I find, because there are so many tests and tasks that have to be done and they take up most of your weekend and your weekend's the only time you can get down to the camp. Um, but whenever we have a free chance, we obviously try to be there. But yeah, when it's comes to education it's quite hard balancing it out so you can get both yeah um especially being in matric you've got obviously a lot of tasks uh, really really big important tasks um but to be honest with you with all the sport and the activities that we end up having here and after school activities and school activities on the weekend and especially me with my cycling and my fishing it sort of takes up a lot of that time so you sort of we we, we don't often get a chance to go up to the camp and, and we were talking about it just the other day um before you guys had come up i went up the weekend beforehand just to go to sort some things out with my dad. And I hadn't been up to the camp for actually a surprising long time. It was two and a half months I hadn't been up there for. Um, and there, a lot of things changed. Um, but yeah, it's really difficult to juggle, um, especially with my fly fishing this year. It's been really difficult. It's, it's taken up a lot of my time. Um, it's just typical that that's happened during my matric year. But yeah, no, I, I definitely love my photography. And if I could, I would be up there every single weekend. Um, however, I don't know if I'd have ever in, have enough space to store all of the photos that you would end up taking if you're every, there every single weekend so yeah okay great so now continuing on the subject of school now we all know how important education is and i mean it is basically our future but what are some of the most important lessons you have learned here living in the bush one thing i can say is i've had lots of encounters with our dog and snakes and reptiles yeah I'm not quite sure what to say with that. So, yeah, basically, so going on what Savannah's saying is, obviously, we, we used to have two dogs, and unfortunately one of them passed away, but there were always, whenever we were living up at the camp, there were always conflicts between the snakes and the dogs, um, especially when we got back from holiday, because there hadn't been dogs there for a week or two, and the snakes would say, oh, there's nothing here now, we can move in, and then the dogs come back and say, oh, wait, we need to get out of here, and the dogs would get a hold of them, actually quite often, um, so we're always fighting with that, so it's just one thing in living in the bush with the dogs, you really have to be vigilant for snakes, um, as well 
as at night when, especially living on Big Five, every now and then you let the dog up the garden and instead of going to the garden, it decides to run all the way down to the bottom of it and decide to bark its lungs out through the fence. And when you eventually figure out why it's doing that, it's actually trying to attack a lion through the fence. Um, yeah. So it's just, you have to be very, really vigilant if you've got a dog in the bush. But in terms of actual lessons that I've learned in the bush, probably one of them is try not copy your father's. And my friend and myself learned that out the very hard way. We were probably around eight years old. And uh, both of our fathers, like, uh, we, we carry guns and everything. So we, we I go for a play date at his house and we had these little cap guns. And I'm not proud of the story, but it happened and it's funny. Um, but we decided, no, we're going to go take a walk in, in a big five game reserve. And we walked down to the river and we walked back up. However, we did end up getting caught. And... Um, by his mum, and I think I came off very lucky in comparison to what happened to him. But yeah, definitely don't try and copy other people and be clever in the bush. And then also listen to the bush. The bush is going to tell you when there's a predator around. The birds are going to see it before you. The, the squirrels are going to see it before you. Um, listen when you're in the bush. Don't don't be loud and noisy and everything all the time. Just Sometimes you just need to take a minute and just be quiet and just listen to what's actually around you. And you'll learn a lot and you'll actually be a, a heck of a lot safer. Yeah, I remember um, you guys telling us that story. I mean, that is so funny. But the fact that you guys were actually like got off like unharmed is, is quite something. I mean, I wouldn't... I definitely wouldn't try something like that. But but like you said about the birds and that, um, you can't think you like this macho man or whatever, because all the birds and everything will hear the will alert you to the predators. So you gotta like know your calls and just be aware, you know. But this is I just want to ask this question now. This is like probably what the listeners are most looking forward to. So what has been your guys' best or like favorite? It can be more than one, um, sightings at the hide. Shana, you go first. Um well, my favourite sighting at the hide was when we had a leopard come down to drink and he stayed for like, what, five or so five minutes? He had a minutes. nice long drink. But it wasn't my best because my camera decided to stop working. So, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, um, I probably could say the same thing. Um, that leopard sighting was an absolutely beautiful sighting. Um, the only one I have seen from inside the hide, um, I've seen other predators, but not from inside. I've seen lion from the deck of the hide, but I've ne- not not quite been privileged enough yet to see them from the hide, but oh, there's still time. Um, but also some of the elephant sightings are really special. Some of the, especially when, when you get them on sunset and they really, really pop in that light and yeah, they're absolutely special. There's always something going on at the hide when there's elephants there. Yeah, the elephant sightings were amazing. Even in the short time we were there, I mean, I I didn't when I didn't expect to get that many elephant sightings to be honest and no, they were incredible I. but yeah leopards have always been my favorite animal so I definitely have to come back until I see that uh that leopard but yeah like when I was staying up at night um during the night just you know waiting to see if anything comes you always just think you like imagining what what could come there's so much potential you know so do you I know you guys have probably thought about it do you do you have any dream sightings that you'd still like to experience from the hide um, yeah, no, I've got a few that I still really would like to, I'd obviously like to see lion and another leopard from the hide or two. Um, but probably on, on the top would probably be odd wolf. Um, there have been reports of them in the area. Um, not very often. I think I've heard of two over the last 10 or so years. Um, but 
probably also brown hyena. They have been shown on the reserve a few times, uh, mostly on the other side of the reserve. However, there's nothing saying that they won't come our side. But yeah, seeing brown hyena is definitely really high up there on that list. And then for me, honestly, to be able to get like photos of any predator would be nice without your camera breaking. But um, another like in specific an animal that i'd love to photograph or wild dogs at the hide because we've had them there before but every time we've been at school or not there and it's so annoying but they've stayed for hours there so that would be really cool for me oh that sounds truly amazing yeah having wild dogs right eye level there drinking oh that sounds amazing (laughs) um so now keeping on the like staying on the topic of stories this next question may be a little bit of a difficult one to answer um as i'm sure you've experienced many but can you share an interesting or unusual story from your time growing up in the bush in general I remember the one time when we were still homeschooling, we went down to the picnic site where you guys actually had your, what's it called? Sundowners. Um, And we were there just chilling, learning, doing what you do at school, but just on the river. And we started to hear like the bushes move and stuff. So we got wary. And it turns out a few minutes later, we got joined by a big herd of elephants. And me at that time, I was terrified of elephants. So I sprinted back up to the car. Yeah, Savannah was really terrified of elephants back then, and it was actually quite funny. She just deserted mum and myself, pack up the table and all our books and everything. Yeah, Yeah, that was a really cool sighting from growing up in the bush, I've got to say. And then, probably for me, would be one of the most memorable ones that I won't forget is we were driving, I was still going to school, I think we were in like grade, I was in grade three or something. Um, And we're driving just outside of the camp, um, literally probably a kilometre down the road and five o'clock in the morning there was this big big flash of light and we're like oh flash lightning or sheet lightning and we drew level with where it was and there was suddenly this ring of fire so a slam on brakes mom jumps out she says Savannah and myself stay in the car she runs, she try, she's running on our side of the fire trying to grab uh, a branch to smack it out with um, and me being me I, I wasn't listening to that I wanted to get wanted to get involved with it um, and I said mum you're grabbing thorn bushes come this side so I ran completely past the fire because it was still in the nice small circle at that point and I started I grabbed this mapani bush and I broke off and dry so I started beating the fire by the time because obviously we had phoned uh, my father because we had students at the time um, when we were still training guides and uh, they all jumped on the vehicle grabbed the fire beaters and everything by the time they got there um, we had the fire out and they just put out the last, it was like one or two time door flames that they smacked down. The students jumped off the vehicle, all enthusiastic. Oh, we're going to go beat a fire. And there was nothing left. Um, and then one of them turns around and says, oh, wait, what's this on the floor? There's an eagle. And it turned out that we had spooked a martial eagle off of probably um, a rock monitor or something that had there on the floor. And it flew straight up into the power lines. And it obviously both wings touched it and electrocuted itself and it caught fire. Um, so... That was probably one of the most memorable stories on the way to school. Uh, we still had to go to school after that, which was really annoying. I couldn't get out of school, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, gee. Yo, that's crazy. I mean, well, well done for you guys getting it out in time so it didn't spread in that. But yeah, like when you were saying about the, um, when you, Savannah was saying about doing school uh, on the river and with the elephants, I mean, that is, that is the ultimate dream of mine. I mean, I'm sitting here studying, looking at pigeons outside my window while you guys are looking at the river. But yeah, I mean, I was also scared 
scared of elephants, very scared of elephants at one point. But, you know, over time you get to know them and yeah, it's cool. But so since this is the Birding Half podcast, of course, I've got to ask this question. And what does your guys like take on birding? Um, do you keep a bird list at all, both of you? Or And what is what would you say is the best bird sighting that you've had from on the reserve or from the hide? Um, I've got to say I love birding, but I completely suck at it. I yeah I really am not the best at it I used to try keep a list but it didn't last for very long because I didn't know what I was really doing um but it is something I would like to pick up again and the best bird sighting on the reserve we had there was this big um elephant carcass I think it'd been hit by a train or something and I had to get dragged out I mean, it was very sad. It was hit by a train. But we went and viewed it. And there were so many vultures on it. And it was just so incredible. There was always fights going on between the vultures. And it was such a cool sighting. We probably sat there for, what? Quite a few hours. Two, three hours. Uh, We filmed up a couple of SD cards with ease, just taking photos. There was always something happening. Um, For me, I used to to really take a birding quite seriously when I was back in grade eight and nine. I've slacked off quite a lot. It's actually quite bad and you get back into it again but um no i used to keep a list i was on i think 300 species 250 300 somewhere around there um over a couple of years of doing it um with some of the top guys uh doing big birding day and stuff um, but yeah it's not something i've taken a really big interest in not as much as my photography or anything but yeah no i do enjoy it every now and then um and to be honest with you my favorite sighting of birds on the reserve is really difficult um i've obviously the kingfishers diving into the water hole from the hide and uh, catching fish and stuff but one of the most memorable ones was actually unfortunately it was wasn't on the reserve it was in kruger and but we took a school bus outing for the day and there was this i'm trying to remember what it was now um i think it was a tawny eagle and i've got a photo of it somewhere and we were sitting in the eyes all the way at the back of the bus i was fighting my way forward and as I got there, as I've got focused on it, it just decided to take off. And I got this one beautiful photo of him taking away. You can you get all the colors on the wing of it. Um, that was probably the most memorable sighting for me. That sounds truly incredible. Well, Savannah, all I can say is you and me are the exact same. <laughs> I love birding, but, you know, I'm going to admit I'm not the greatest. <laughs> yeah. So um, now moving on a little, this topic is quite dear to my heart. So are there any particular conservation initiatives or challenges perhaps that each of you are passionate about as a result of um, your upbringing and being a bush kid? Savannah, ladies first. Um, I've always had an interest in the pangolins and I mean obviously the poaching of the pangolins and how they're the most trafficked animal in the world. I find it so sad, but I also find it so interesting how we know nothing about them, basically, how very little research has been done about them. And I just, they're such interesting animals. They're so weird, if I can say. Yeah, I've just, I always find them so, so cool to just research about. And yeah. Um, yeah, for me, it's not necessarily maybe um, initiatives or anything, but I've always had a passion for working with dogs. Um, so it will cover all forms of anti-poaching and security of wildlife and everything. Um, but I would really like to spend some time in my life 
five to ten years training up a Belgian Malinois or a Bloodhound, some one of the anti-poaching dog species, and being able to watch that dog grow from a puppy, teaching it, and then actually going out there and putting it to use and actually helping with anti-poaching and security and uh, the sting operations and this and that. Uh, that's an absolute dream of mine to work with the canine units. And yeah, yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, Luca and I had the privilege of actually staying at one of the um, locations in Kruger of the canine camps in there. Um, I think it was about a three-night camp and we got to stay out with the dogs, you know, learn everything about them, all their personalities, take them out on walks and stuff like that, play with them. And really, I think a lot of people have the perception that they're quite aggressive dogs, you know, but actually they are the cutest little things. <laughs> like we would like so happy. They are like so cuddly and they want all the love in the world. But okay, guys, well, I'm sure we can chat about these experiences forever. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, I do have to put a time limit on them. So I have just one final question. And I asked this question to all my guests as no one will ever share the same answer. But if you could give us as a power bush couple, if I can word it like that, um, any advice as avid nature lovers, be it about our stay that we had at Ontario's, um, a bush hack of sorts, or even simply leaving us with food for thought, what would it be? Um, I've got to say, don't hide behind a camera all the time because yes, you can get good shots, but you won't actually remember the sighting not behind the screen. You'll just so have the photos. You'll just sighting. have the photos. So not you also have to take in the sightings you see and as well just like as we said before listen to the bush yeah um yeah i've got to agree with savannah on that one um yeah listen next time you go on a bushwalk or something just take a break ask the guys just say can we stand still for a minute or two and just listen to what the bush has to say huh? You'll hear the, the grey lorry chirping at uh, an eagle in the sky, or you hear the squirrels chirping at a little snake, or the mongoose, or the, the amount that you can learn from just standing still in the bush for a couple of minutes, or just being dead, dead quiet, not moving at all, um, not a not a shirt rustle, not nothing. You just it's it's really special how much you can actually learn, and also just keeping your eyes open, looking at tracks, looking at oh that that tree got broken by an elephant, or this got munched on by a kudu, or s- stuff like that. It, it's like a magazine almost. You, if once you start spending enough time in the bush, you can really start learning, um, learning the bush and starting to read what it actually says to you. Yeah, I have to agree with um, both of you guys. Like with the with the camera thing, I mean, you gotta establish your point. I mean, like when you in the sighting, okay, I'm gonna take this amount of photos, and then maybe then I'll just put my camera down and enjoy the rest of the sighting. You know, um, just take it in so you can remember it for the rest of your life. But also with the listen to the bush, I completely agree. I mean, I love the bush. It's so peaceful, and you know just standing still for a minute you can listen you can you can, i mean it's amazing the things you can pick up on on what's going on like you said the lurie you look up in the sky there's an eagle um but all of that but yeah like, thanks guys it's been really great doing this podcast together and we love the time we shared at antares particularly at the height of course and hopefully we, sometime in the future we can we'll be able to do it again but yeah guys thanks for joining us oh it was incredible yeah no thank you for inviting us to join you and we're glad you enjoyed your time at the hide Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to recording our next joint podcast really soon. Until next time, this is Gabby Sykora and Luca Tomlinson for the Birding Life Youth Podcast, signing out.